welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 25th of February 2017. So the words got written this week, I'm up to 36,000 plus words now of Dead of Night, so I wrote 5,201 words today. Very happy uh, with that, so we're, we're nearing the end of the book now. My wife has read the book now, she's read it up to 30,000 words and she likes it. My wife's not a regular thriller reader, so it's always nice to, to get her feedback. And also, I'd written up to 30,000 words, it's quite nice for me. If she reads it, it just gives me a steer and says, you know, it's a heap of junk or it's okay. But uh, she described it as a rollicking good read, which is great. So um, she's waiting for the next 5,000 today so that she can read ahead. And uh, it's interesting because I've not written wall-to-wall action before. I tend to write quite, very not complex books isn't the words, but I like to have little subplots and things going on. I, I like, you know, that's the kind of book I like reading. Uh, whereas this one, I just wanted to be really straightforward. So I think the first four chapters, you, you get a little bit of subplot and things, and then it just goes wall to wall live action. And, uh, I'm quite enjoying it actually. It's really exciting. It's very fast to write when you write action, but you know, non-stop action. And, um, so I, I'm just getting, I'm just cutting through those words like there's no tomorrow. Uh, it's very happy with the progress of that. Uh, I aim to have that book written by, uh, 23rd of March. Actually, it's going to be written earlier than that. Uh, about 17th, I think it was. I was looking at my schedule today. The 17th of March. Yeah, 17th of March, that'll be written by. Um, and then I will read through it. I'll go through my wife's amendments, pass it on to Helen Fazal, um, for a proper sort of proof and structural edit. And then I hope potentially it might be out for the 3rd of May. It'd be nice if I could get it out for then. Um, but that really depends on Helen's schedule and how fast I can turn things around. But notionally, I've put 3rd of May down for that. I've got to tell you, I absolutely love Vellum. I can see now why everybody raves about it. Um, I formatted Don't Tell Meg and The Murder Place in Vellum this week. And I got both of them done in a day. It's just a brilliant bit of software. You just import your book in there and it almost takes care of everything. I don't know how it does it. Uh, I don't care how it does it, but it does it. It puts all the indents in. It's just, it's just so easy. I mean, I used to do this on, I never did it on Word. I've always done it in HTML and, you know, HTML gives you more control over it, but Vellum is just fantastic. Now, um, I need to tell you, of course, that I am using Vellum on a PC. So I've done two books on a PC. Um, you know, from start to finish, make it all the changes. And uh, I, I just, I just love it. It's just so simple. And in actual fact, I like it so much that I'm just about to spend the next three weeks up to 23rd of March, because I have to release it on the, that day. Uh, I'm going to go through uh, Helen's final sort of edit and my final read of The Forgotten Children, which is the third in my thriller trilogy. What I've actually done with that is I've taken Helen's completed document with all the changes in. I've brought that into Vellum and I'm actually going to do my last edits directly into Vellum because there's not a lot to change now. It's been through a couple of, you know, it's been through a couple of drafts now. We, we must be almost there now. We should be. Um, it's just my minor tweaks and changes and Helen's final comments. So uh, I'm just going to edit that directly into Vellum, then export it because it's just, I love the screen too. Cause the other thing about Vellum is you get this big, uh, kind of mocked up, um, e-reader. 
uh, on your screen. So the reading size is good for me on the screen. But to the left of it, you get the, your text. So it's really easy to edit, change it, and then see it live on this preview screen. So I just thought, Joy, that's how I'm going to do this. I think that's going to work really well for me. Previously, I would have done that final edit in Scrivener. But, you know, actually, although I love Scrivener for writing, I don't really like it for editing and outputting. So it's really great to have brought Vellum into that part of the process now. Look, you know, I cannot I cannot recommend Vellum to you highly enough. Hopefully, you're getting my enthusiasm as it's coming over in these diaries. And remember that if you use a PC, I found a workaround now um, for using Vellum on a PC. It's just, it's working brilliantly for me. And the fact that I just save my files into Dropbox and then I can immediately access those files on my PC in Dropbox. It just creates this interchange between my my virtual Mac that I use to do this. I, I save the files and then they're immediately available to me in the PC environment. It's just working really, really well. So, um, you know, if you do have problems formatting books, if you haven't tried Vellum yet or you've been put off by the fact that you're a PC owner, you know, please take a little bit of time to investigate this because it makes that formatting an absolute delight. And actually, with that in mind, um, I've I've actually decided to. I'm not going to do it myself. I usually format my books for paperback myself, and I hate doing it. It takes me forever. Um, so what I've done is I'm actually going to try outsourcing it. And I found a service. I just started looking around. I found a service called FrostbitePublishing.com, and I can't find anything negative about that service. It all seems to be very positive, and certainly their response to me was very timely and positive. So I'm going to get my three thrillers um, formatted for Create Space by Frostbite Publishing, and that'll be a price of about I think it's about two hundred and sixty dollars, which is how many pounds? Two hundred pounds, something like that. It's worth it to me for the time. So I'm going to give it a try. I'll let you know how I get on. Um, but I did think, you know, uh, you know, the reason I wasn't putting them out as paperbacks was because I just can't be, be bothered to do the formatting work. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try paying for this and see how it goes. And I will keep you informed and let you know how that works out for me. Okay. So, uh, I put Don't Tell Meg, The Murder Place and The Forgotten Children on pre-sale this week, which is extremely exciting. I needed to commit myself and wanted to commit myself. And I've said they're going to be released on the 23rd of March, which is my birthday. That's a great date to aim for. So that's what I'm doing. They're all on pre-sale now. It's hard luck. It's too late, Paul. You've got to hit that date now. Well, actually, it doesn't really matter because don't tell Megan the murder place are done already. They're formatted. They're good to go. They could sell today. It's just the forgotten children that's my, my rush, not a rush job, but I've got three weeks to get there now. It'll be there. Don't worry. It'll be there. I'm very confident that I got the time, um, you know, to do the work on that one now. And that also coincided, by the way, with Don't Tell Meg just coming out of Kindle Scout. I've put the the kind of final email I got from Kindle Scout onto the resources page for this week's diary. Um, I haven't I haven't even looked at Kindle Scout. Um, the the email that I got from Kindle Scout said, "Oh, we'll review, you know, what the readers have said and all of this, that, and the other." And I have to say, you know, I I just feel I wanted to try Kindle Scout because I like to try everything. But my feeling was it's another beauty contest, as, as far as I can tell. You know, you get people to vote on your book, and if you get so many votes, Kindle take a look at it. And I, I just, you know, I'm just not really into beauty contests. May, 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 maybe I should be, but but my feeling is, you know, it's people with the big lists all the time that will be able to get their book through on this. I'm not in that position at the moment, so you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really going to waste time on it. Um, I just have to keep working on getting my books into the right hands and hopefully building a fan base. But um, anyhow, you know, it's gone to Kindle Scout. 
we've sat through the process. Um, I got a very nice email from somebody saying, you know, I'd love to see this book, um, you know, come out and, uh, and be available in full. Something I hadn't realized with Kindle Scout is I thought that the whole book went on there, but it doesn't. It's just an extract of the book. So, uh, you know, that's interesting in itself. Um, but, you know, we keep pushing at these things. You know, if I have another book, I'll probably stick it on Kindle Scout. In, in in my view, all it takes is the right person to read it at the right time with the right audience. And if the word gets out there, then things will start to fly. So I will keep doing these things, even though I have a what I hope is a realistic, a reasonable expectation of the results that they're going to deliver for me. Um, and, and again, with, with that in mind, you know, something that really has delivered some great results for me is InstaFreebie. And um, as you'll know, if you listen to these diaries, I'm new to InstaFreebie. But InstaFreebie has delivered to me, um, I can attribute most of these to InstaFreebie, 781 new leads this month since the beginning of February. And I've put my screenshot on uh, my resources page for this diary, just so you can see the evidence of that. 781 new leads added this month. And that, by the way, is just to the the sort of lists that I'm using for books. Uh, there'll be other leads, but that's what I've got from InstaFreebie. So uh, that is a combination of just actually being listed on InstaFreebie and getting organic leads. I was doing pretty well for organic leads. But of course, in the past week or so, I've also been part of somebody else's, a third-party InstaFreebie giveaway. And that must have added 550, 600 leads by now. Very, very well worth doing. Um, so, and, and compared to Facebook, um, you know, I'm not even paying for InstaFreebie yet. Uh, I had a free month and then I've had another free month with a token that I got, a voucher that I got through Mark Dawson's training. So I haven't even started paying for it yet, but um, it costs, I think it's $20 a month when you do pay for it. Um, but it's just working brilliantly. The leads are coming from InstaFreebie. They're going into MailChimp. I'm using Zapier to take the leads automatically from MailChimp and put them into GetResponse. And interestingly, you know, I don't um, use MailChimp. I don't really like MailChimp. It's not my tool of choice. But I've always had an account which I've used for training because when I work with small businesses, I think actually is the best place to start. Um, the majority of small businesses that I talk to are never really going to get beyond the 2,000 free subscribers that you get with MailChimp. So it is very much the right choice for many people. But if you're building a list beyond 2,000, really it's not my favorite. And also if you want to have any level of automation, I think that MailChimp gets a bit expensive and overcomplicated, frankly. Um, I prefer get response and I'm looking very closely at ConvertKit. Um, so, you know, I, I, I found it to be just a really, really, um, you know, effective process. It's been really cheap to, to add leads. You know, I don't know whether I would look at, I will do some more Facebook ads, but uh, I won't hammer them like I have been doing, not when I can get as many leads as this. Um, so, it, you know, that process has all worked really, really well. I'm very happy with it. Um, I'm up to, I think I'm taking, I'm taking 40 now on my own Insta freebie giveaway. So I've got a Insta freebie giveaway of my own as a host planned for the 6th to the 12th of March. So I've got a, what have, what have I got? I've got a couple of weeks left before that comes up. Um, I decided to limit the contributors to 40. I think it was going to be 50 at first. And I put a little post on one of these, um, Facebook groups that deals with Insta freebie giveaways. And it turns out from, from feedback that I got that the best number of, of free books to have seems to be between 10 and 25, apparently. So I think the giveaway I'd been part of, I mean, those were pretty good results. I'm not unhappy with my results from the one I took part in. But there were a lot of books on that page. And I couldn't help thinking, well, you know, I guess it's a balance, isn't it? The more people you've got, the more people you've got promoting. So the more chance you get of 
getting some leads. But then the other side of that is that your book is diluted among many books. So, well, you know, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm, I'm going to be promoting to 40. Um, I'm tracking the users. So I, I'm actually using tracking links, which I haven't seen anybody doing yet with these giveaways, which I think is very unusual. With my internet marketing background, we like to track everything. And if I've got joint venture partners, people that I'm working with, I want to know who's sending traffic. I want to know if no one's sending traffic because I won't be doing, you know, I won't be partnering with them in future. But I also want to know who my big hitters are, the people who can deliver really, you know, lots and lots of clicks and, and, and views, because those are the people that I want to team up with to have very exclusive giveaways and maybe even have, you know, paid giveaways in future. So I will be tracking mine and I will give you all the information about how that works as an Insta freebie giveaway host. I haven't got a clue how it's going to go with 40 of us. I'm pretty confident we'll get our 40 now. I think I've got four more to go until I've I've reached my target of 40. Um, and then I'll start to communicate with the people who are involved in that. We'll, ju- we'll just have to see how it goes. Like everything in, in self-publishing, you know, it's, it's uh, sort of the Wild West out there. We're all trying brand new things. And I've not hosted one of these events before, but we'll see how it goes. I'll learn from it. And then I'll see whether it's worth me doing uh, again. Hasn't taken an awful lot of time up. I've templated the page so I can use it again. So, uh, you know, hopefully I can turn this into a fairly effective system. In general news then, um, I'm interviewing this afternoon after I've recorded this podcast diary, Ian Rob Wright, who is a horror and suspense writer. He's actually going to be my 57th guest on the podcast. And that will be my calendar year anniversary of this podcast. On Monday, the podcast reaches 52 episodes. That means 52 weeks, which in theory is a year. But by the calendar, that's not actually quite right. So we've got a kind of mini anniversary on Monday when we reach the 52-week mark. And then in a couple of weeks' time, when Ian Rob Wright's interview runs, we've reached the one-year calendar anniversary of the podcast so you know I'm feeling pretty good about that like when I started my blog years and years ago I wasn't really quite sure when I launched out into the darkness whether it would continue or not whether I'd be able to keep it up so I'm very happy that I've kept it up for a year and now I'm making plans for the weeks and the months ahead with the podcast and drawing out those those outlines for what's going to happen going ahead beyond the year mark so my focus from Monday, effectively, is going to be The Forgotten Children. I've got three weeks, a three-week final focus on The Forgotten Children. And in that three weeks, not only is The Forgotten Children going to have all the final bits and pieces that it needs doing ready for launch. It's on pre-order now, as I've already said, so it's got to be ready for the 23rd of March. Uh, It has to be ready for three days before that, in actual fact, because if you don't have your book ready for three days before the pre-order release date, um, you get banned from pre-orders for a year by Amazon. So it's going to have to be ready by the 20th of March. But I'm very confident of hitting uh, that particular deadline. I've got lots of time. I've looked at my schedule. It's absolutely no problem at all. So the Forgotten Children will be ready for the 20th of March and ready to go live on the 23rd of March. Uh, very, very happy about that. But also, I'm very happy that I've cleared a lot of the work that I had. You know, I said I'd taken too many things on, and I certainly have. Um, but I, I've really been cooking on guests this week, actually. I've got a lot done. So all those 40 training videos that I was doing for the Alliance of Independent Authors, they're done, they're delivered, they're handed over. And also in a, in a triumph of time management, I managed to get my uh, Alliance of Independent Authors fringe event video recorded and sent off. I got it recorded, edited, checked and sent off. I've sent them a long and a short version of it. So I'm really pleased about that. And that will run on the 18th of March. So having cleared all those extra bits and pieces that I'd taken on uh, that I shouldn't really have done. I should have been getting on with my my thrillers. I can now 
I can now guarantee to you that unless I get struck by a bus, um, the, the forgotten children will be ready for release on the 23rd of March and Dead of Night will be written and completed by the 17th of March. Then I'm taking a, say I'm taking a little break. I'm not going on holiday or anything like that, but my birthday comes along at the end of March. So I've taken some days off so that, um, you know, we can have some fun as a nice little buffer. And then I shall start writing a new book in the first week of uh, April, I think it's scheduled for, yeah, 7th of April. I'm penciled in to start writing a brand new 50,000 worder. And one of the things I must say, again, if you listen to these diaries regularly, you'll know that since the new year, well, actually since about, was it September, October, I was doing it on a freelance basis, but I've been working in a, in a proper salaried job for three days a week, um, certainly since the beginning of January. Uh, and, and that created some pressures on my time. Why I'm really looking forward to getting towards March is that I inherited a load of commitments and work what you know when I was started to do the salaried work that frankly I could have done without and I've really compressed and pressured my time bearing in mind I was having to do a job three days a week whereas from April all commitments have have been met and I start to set my own new agenda and rhythm bearing in mind I'm having to work three days a week so I will only take on work that I know I can fit comfortably within that new working format so I'm really pleased that I'm, you know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. I'm going to get, make it to the end of March. Everything's going to get done. Delighted with my productivity in that first three months. Um, but I am going to make sure I just leave a little bit more slack, um, from April onwards to reflect the, the fact that I am doing three days a week w- work for somebody else. I have to say, um, you know, I wasn't sure about going back to work, but I, it's the second sort of salaried payday this week. And uh, it's been interesting because when the first salary slip came in, um, you know, I said in the office, this is the first salary slip I've had in six years. You know, I haven't been paid by someone else. You know, I have been because obviously I I, I do work for other people, but I haven't had a salaried pay slip in six years. And actually a part of me is really proud about that, proud that I hadn't had any entrepreneurial experience before I left the BBC. And that, you know, I managed to sustain myself for six years, um, off my own wits. And, and, you know, I have to say, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, there, there are lots of things that I could be doing in that time. Um, but having the three days, having my work compressed into three days and then having four days to do my self-employed work, it, it's working okay at the moment. And, it, and it's a real pressure off me to know that the money's taken care of, in, you know, in terms of keeping a roof over everybody's heads and doing all the things that I need to do, like feeding my family and things like that. It's really nice to know that that's taken care of in those three days a week, leaving me plenty of time, four days a week, to, to do the other stuff. So, you know, it is... Touch wood, it's all working fine at the moment. Um, and particularly as we go forward into April, I'm just looking forward to seeing how that develops now because I've, I've got rid of all the legacy jobs that I committed to and I can now around the framework of working those three days a week, I can now take on a proportionate amount of work and commitments. So that actually I get a little bit of a break in between there as well. The other thing I must say about this new working arrangement is that the 50,000 words per quarter, you know, writing a 50,000 word book per quarter is working really, really very well for me as well. 
Uh, I wouldn't want to be writing at 90,000 words. I think that was my aspiration when I started doing this salaried work. Um, but I, that would never get done. I don't think I could keep that up. It would be too much for me. So writing at 50,000 words, basically I'm writing 5,000 words a week for about 10,000, sorry, about 10,000 for about 10 weeks uh, each quarter. And that's nice. It gives me time to work on the plot in between times. I tend to do that in the evenings working out the plot so that when I'm sitting down on a Friday to write, I know exactly what I'm going to write. And actually, I am planning better now too. When I'm going into my writing days because of this new rhythm, I actually know exactly what I'm going to write. So the writing's really easy for me. I'm, I'm writing really fast, actually, you know, getting, getting the words written really fast because I know exactly where I'm heading with it. So there is a little bit more planning going in now. It's only on a kind of weekly level. I know the outline of the story, but for each section that I write, I write three sections in a day when I write. Um, I have a quite detailed outline about, you know, 100, 150 words for each chapter. And that's a change in my working practice. But again, that's working really well for me at the moment. So there you go, another busy week. And when I do these diaries, I'm not quite sure how it all fitted in, but it did. Everybody managed to get fed. I turned up at, at the right place at the right time. <laughs> and that's another week down. So that's good, good news. And I'm delighted to be sharing that with you. Um, my guest on Monday is Russell Holden. Russell is um, one of the local people who's involved in self-publishing that I know. He lives in the same county as me. I've actually known Russell since I was doing internet marketing work. I met him at one of my local training sessions a couple of years ago. Um, and Russell is now a book designer and he's got actually 15 years of, of graphic design experience and he's worked for, you know, in a, in a formal book design environment. He now works for himself. He manages layouts, page designs, uh, creating covers, interiors on books. He even tweaks photos for all sorts of book genres. And he's helped to self-publish over 30 books now, and he's self-published one of his own. So he's a great person to talk to about the process of self-publishing. Had a great chat with Russell. He's going to be my guest on Monday's podcast for the 52nd self-publishing journey. So I don't hope you'll join me then, and I'll be back with another diary next Saturday. Have a great week of writing, and bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.